to the show. Happy, happy Friday. Fun Friday. I'm your host, Sporty McSportington, today because we have a lot of sports news on the docket for today's show. You all know I'm not, you know, I'm not really a sports person, but I'm going to do my best to to cover this. If there is a sport that I say I follow even slightly, it is UFC. So we're going to be talking today about Sean Strickland. He's going viral all over the internet for some recent interviews that he's done and one where he goes after a woke reporter who's trying to call him out on behalf of the LGBTQ plus community. Plus, we got a head coach of the New England Patriots, Gerard Mayo. I hope that's how you say his name, saying that he does, in fact, see color. And it's very important that he does. Talking about that dynamic within the NFL, Sports Illustrated has just fired all of its employees, it seems, or laid off all of its employees. We're going to get into that news. And from there, we'll just uh, we'll see where the show goes. Before we get into everything, we have Taylor in Nashville. Hey, hey, this is the first uh, Sporting McSportington sighting, I think, of 2024. So glad <laughs> that she's back. And I'm glad that we're talking about sports stuff today. Uh, usually we don't dip into that domain, but when crazy enough stuff happens in the sports world, we get to talk about it on the show. And I'm a big sports buff, so... I love it. Yeah, and if there's somebody who's going to go viral in the realm of UFC fighting, it is indeed Sean Strickland. He is no stranger to having this happen. Before this whole viral moment, he came after, uh, oh my gosh, who's the the NBA player who's constantly on everybody's nerves? LeBron James. LeBron James is what he went viral uh, for coming after him. And today, uh, we're going to play the clip for you. I do have to warn you, uh, language warning for those of you who don't like swear words, uh, Sean Strickland does not care. Uh, (laughs) Just to give you a little bit of background here. Sean Strickland is a fighter that personally identifies as being white trash, having no filter. He wasn't always like that uh, in his UFC career. He used to be kind of like a yes sir, no sir type of guy, but then he realized he can take the filter off. And if there's any sport that's going to allow uh, their athletes to just say whatever it is that they want to say. It is the UFC. It's uncharacteristic of major you know, sports organizations. We're not really used to that within the NFL or the NBA, but the UFC is a whole different beast. The head of the UFC, Dana White, is like, hey, the fighters get to say whatever they want to say, and then they, they get into the octagon, and then they deal with each other. Now, Sean Strickland is known for going after his opponents or really just you know talking about Anybody he feels like talking about. Uh, But in this case, it's a reporter that he goes head to head with. The UFC, uh, they're going to be fighting tomorrow night. So I think a lot of men are going to be watching the UFC fight. A lot of the ladies are going to be watching, uh, I don't know, Jacob Elordi on SNL with Renee Rapp. (laughs) So there's where the gender divide is going to be present. That'll be tomorrow night. That's outside my (laughs) domain. So I have no idea who you're talking about or what you're talking about with that. So I'm glad we're sticking to these topics for now. Watching Jacob Elordi and Renee Rapp on SNL, Taylor? Are you going to be watching the fights, Taylor? That's a better question. Uh, I am probably now that we're covering this and now that, because he's fighting against Dragos Duplessis, who had the spat with Israel Adesanya about who's the real uh, African champion, yeah. uh, even though he's white, and everyone got mad that he's a white guy saying he's from Africa, even though it's more true. So anyways, uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting plot lines coming up, so yeah. I have to watch it. And in our history of covering sports on this channel, it was to talk about Dracus Duplessis and uh, his drama with Israel Adesanya, who uh, Sean Strickland uh, beat up, essentially. So let's get into the most recent drama with Sean Strickland. Play the clip. Again, language warning. 
Uh, we've got a pretty supportive gay and lesbian yeah. community in this city. I did want to ask you about something you wrote a couple of years ago. You said, if I had a gay son, I would think I'd... Oh, look, another... another I'm saying to you, the swamp, you guys, the swamp. You become a champion, you become a star, and, and someone says... Let me ask model. you something. Are you gay? Are you, are you gay? I've had the chance no, to are, interact with a more diverse Are you... Of, let me know. Are, are you gay? Can I, hear, can I get an answer? Well, no, I'm asking. I'm, this is a part of the, are you Are you a gay man? I'm an ally of the community. Okay. If you had a son, then he was like, you know, you had a son, he was gay. You'd be like, oh man, you don't, you don't want a grandkid. No problem with it. Oh man, well, you, dude, you're a weak fucking man, dude. You're like, you're part of the fucking problem. You elected Justin Trudeau, like, with you fucking when he sees the bank accounts, like you're just fucking pathetic. And and the fact that the fact that you have no fucking backbone. And and has he shut down your fucking country and seized bank accounts? You ask me some stupid shit like that. Go fuck yourself. Move the fuck on, man. Like that doesn't really coward. answer the question, but I did want to ask also things you said about the trans community. You said uh, this past October when they announced the Bud Light sponsorship that you'd go so hard on Bud Light in your next fight they'll have to accept me or denounce me when uh, when they know what and will know what they stand for. Are you this guy's like hey, this Canadian is not that Canadian. Are you still going to use your fight time to kind of speak on that? Here's the thing about Bud Light. Here's the thing about Bud Light. Ten years ago, to be trans was a, what, a mental fucking illness. And now all of a sudden, people like you have fucking weaseled your way in the world. You are, you are an infection. You are the definition of weakness. Everything that is wrong with the world is because of fucking you. And the best thing is, is the world's not buying it. The world's not buying your fucking bullshit you're fucking peddling. The world is not saying, you know what? You're right. Fucking chicks have dicks. The world's not saying that. The world's saying, no, there are two genders. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, who they could fuck in school. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, their sexual preference. Like, dude, this guy is a fucking enemy. Uh, you want to look at the fucking enemy to our world? It's that motherfucker right there. Okay, so you get the gist there. Uh, and you're getting a little taste for Sean Strickland's personality. He's also wearing a t-shirt that says, a woman in every kitchen, a gun in every hand, Sean Strickland, 2024. And then this is just hilarious to me, and I'll get into why. And I'm also going to do uh, a little bit of background, because this is the clip that's going viral, but there's much more to this interview. This is hilarious to me, because if you are at all familiar with UFC or Sean Strickland himself, this is pretty like lukewarm. It's pretty lukewarm take from somebody like him and I think it's going so viral on the internet because one people aren't used to uh, individuals speaking like this with no filter and these are people who are not typically watching uh, UFC fights they're not familiar with the athletes so they're hearing this and saying oh my gosh this is not typical of any major sports organization for athletes to be able to speak like this and as I said before this is very typical for UFC. Now, Sean Strickland very publicly like hates wokeness and you know all the stuff that's circulating right now. He hates China. He doesn't like Justin Trudeau. He doesn't like Joe Biden. He doesn't like leftism in general. And during this entire uh, interview where he's going back and forth with these different reporters, as each reporter goes to ask him a question, because they did go and decide to watch the, the full extent of this rather than just the clip that's going viral, uh, he asked them, you know, did you did you vote for Justin Trudeau? And has all of these reporters sort of answer them. And some of them say, no, absolutely, I didn't. Others say, you know, I'm here to ask the questions. And he clocked this guy immediately as a leftist. I think he could just tell by by looking at him. And he asked him, like, dude, are are you are you Canadian opposition? Is essentially what he asked him. And the guy's like, oh, I'm not sure how to answer that question. And he goes on and says, did you vote for Justin Trudeau? And the guy says. <laughs> 
he's like, I don't, I'm not sure like how to answer that. And he said, you know, a, a real man, a, a man who says, I don't know how to answer that. It's just proving to me that you voted for him. If I ask you if you vote for Bi Joe Biden, you go, I don't know how to answer that. You're telling me that you you voted for, for Joe Biden. So he immediately clocks this guy as a leftist. And then he starts with all the LGBTQ plus trans ally this, gay ally that. And to the best of my knowledge, I mean, nothing particularly homophobic was said in this video. He did ask him, you know, if you had a gay son, would you be, you know, thinking about whether or not you're going to be able to have grandkids? Which, come on now, it's not the most invalid question to ask somebody. And he calls out Bud Light. He calls out the fact that this stuff with transgenderism and gender theory is spreading like wildfire. Now, do I think he's particularly tactful in the way that he approaches these subject matters? No, but I think he's speaking to what, you know, a large portion of the population thinks. And that's what he says, you know, the, the world is catching on. Your ideology is what's wrong with the world, but the world is catching on to you. They're calling you out on it. They're realizing that this is not, this is not okay. And just to clear up, uh, one of the allegations, he's being referred to as a homophobe, you know, all over the internet now by people who are not fans of USC, who have no idea who this guy is. This is what he says moments after answering the question in that clip that you just saw that went viral. Man, I'm trying to be good. I, do, I like the fucking gays. Everything. I've never, you, you guys think I've ever shit on a gay man or shit on a gay one? I don't fucking, I like the gays. It's, it's a, it's, it's fucking freedom. We still have it in America. We'll teach you about it. You guys don't have fucking freedom of speech. I'm surprised what I'm saying is probably going to get fucking, I'm probably going to get the fucking uh, Canadian government to arrest me. So I don't give a fuck who you fuck. I don't give a fuck what you want to do in life. But, but don't fucking tell kids about it. Don't teach that shit in fucking school. Don't, don't fucking push your agenda. Don't try to fucking brainwash people. Don't try to go past parents. Don't try to go up past all this shit and brainwash people, you fucking cuck. So Hey, not the way I would say it, but the messaging is still the same. <laughs> I don't care. You know, sometimes you need different packaging for the exact same message, and that's what he's putting forward. Again, he's known as, you know, a very abrasive guy in terms of his rhetoric, and he's known uh, for, for not liking this sort of ideology. This is not a surprise to me at all, and the fact that the internet is, like, overwhelmed with talking about Sean Strickland, calling him a transphobe, calling him a homophobe, is just... It's quite frankly ridiculous, and it just must be people who are unfamiliar. I know people aren't used to, you know, people having like crass opinions or them sharing those crass opinions in an unfiltered manner, but a, a lot of people feel this way. So you just kind of have to deal with it. It's kind of soy to like react to this in some sort of incendiary. He needs to be canceled. He shouldn't be able to fight because you know what happens? Like he goes and says these things. He talks shit about the other, you know, fighters that, you know, he's about to, to fight on, on the weekend and then he goes and does it. And you know what? You can watch it or you don't watch it. If you're not a fan of UFC in the first place, don't watch the sport because again this is very much characteristic of uh ufc in itself although he is uh one of the more abrasive fighters when it comes to rhetoric and he knows that he's very forward about that yeah i mean it's just super refreshing to hear someone you know usually athletes and in sports and sports media well and just life in the media in the general but specifically in sports like any other sport besides ufc everyone's got to be super buttoned up and polished and they never say they you know they have this thing called coach speak and athletes never really air their true opinions about anything and they just say what they're supposed to say and to me that's like 
a level beyond kind of what we all are kind of expected to do in public life and in society right now that if you're applying for a job or if you're uh, posting on social media or whatever it may be, there's kind of these these new norms that you're supposed to just pay lip service to and not mm -hmm. violate. And uh, Sean Strickland just instead of tiptoeing was like went full bull in a China shop, just took a sledgehammer to all of that stuff and was just like, you know what? No, you're not controlling my speech. Uh, I'm an American. I believe in free speech. Y'all might not have it here in Canada, but I'm allowed <laughs> to have my opinion. You're allowed to have yours, but I'm going to state mine and I don't care about the backlash. You're not going to control me. You're not going to, you know, try to condemn me or cancel me with any of this accusations of homophobia or transphobia or any of this stuff. Uh, I am who I am. I believe what I believe. And uh, if you don't like it, you can F off. And that was yeah. a pretty uh, just refreshing thing to hear when so many people these days seem to be tiptoeing around. Yeah. And you know, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? About the fight is still going to happen tomorrow night. There's still going to be tons of people watching it. And uh, Sean Strickland's going to go and he's going to do his thing as his streak is duplicity. So I, I guess we'll, we're going to see what happens. Now, I do want to show some of the responses to Sean Strickland's statements because there are some people just reading out on the internet over what he said. Again, because they're not used, you know, they're not used to, to athletes or just anybody speaking this way, quite frankly. We are so used to uh, policed language, policed speech, and, you know, quite frankly, compelled speech, that when somebody comes and breaks the barrier, whether or not you agree with what they're saying, uh, it is it is shocking to some, and some feel the need to say something about it. Here's a woman by the name of uh, Rachel Gilmore giving her response to Sean Strickland. <laughs> a professional athlete just said some of the most disgusting anti-gay, anti-trans bullshit I have ever heard. And so far he has faced zero consequences. Mm -hmm. Like his big money-making event is still set to take place, still at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, and it's still in two days. So uh, TikTok, it might be time to do your thing. Let me tell you why. <laughs> this human thumb, Sean Strickland. Yeah, the guy in the women belong in the kitchen t-shirt. So original. He is an MMA fighter. And yesterday, MMA journalist Alexander Lee asked him about disgusting comments he had made in the past about the LGBTQ community. Specifically that time that Strickland said if he had a gay son, it would mean he failed as a man. This seems like a guy who's super secure in his masculinity. Anyways, before Lee could even finish his question, Strickland launched into a gnarly tirade. Here's a taste. Mm -hmm. I love a this little man. Bit. There are two genders. <laughs> right messaging boards where they said things like, absolutely savage. And I I love this man because there's nothing ballsier than attacking vulnerable marginalized communities. Now that is brave. Beyond a handful of articles and some mixed commentary online, this dude has emerged from this totally unscathed. And my question about that is what message are we sending to the trans community? What message does it send to the gay community? What message does it send to the far right transphobes who are cheering this on? And watching Scotiabank Arena welcome this human pimple with open arms. Is Toronto actually okay? okay with this? My money's on no. So if you agree, I'd recommend you get loud about it. Because call me crazy, I'm not cool with standing by while this chicken shit little bitch punches down. What do you think? And it really just does go to show that you have no idea about the UFC and you have no idea who this is. If you refer to him as a chicken shit little bee, <laughs> she has no idea. Uh, no idea. And you know what? The arena is going to be filled tomorrow night uh, to watch this fight because whether you like it or not, this is what people want to see. Whether you like it or not, he does have supporters. And yeah, supporters in Canada. We all know that Canada has a huge problem with 
wokeness and uh, just different influences, as you know, Sean Strickland alludes to in his calling out of Justin Trudeau. But still there are people who appreciate free speech, appreciate an unfiltered approach to these sort of subject matters. And uh, Sean Strickland is in a unique position where he does have a public platform in a sports organization that allows you to actually say what you think. And, you know, once it's said, you'll deal with it in, in your fight. And he's not even coming after uh, Drickus Duplessis. In fact, um, in their most recent press conference, he was very respectful. He's ready for the fight. They're both going to go as hard as they possibly can. And, you know, it's going to die down. This is always how it happens. They go viral. You get the accusations. Now, this next clip is uh, from the uh, Dan Libtard show. Sorry. Dan, Dan Levitard show. That's actually the name of the show is Dan Levitard show. Uh, let's let's watch. That is bullshit that we allow that. It's bullshit. And we can't ignore it. And we should. If they're not gonna if there isn't gonna be a punitive measure, let's move on. Move the fuck on. But there can't be a punitive pr- measure, Mike, if the person in charge doesn't feel anything in the way of pressure. Like, there has to be the outrage and the reaction to it. Now, I understand that the reaction these days to the outrage is to simply say, you're too sensitive. You want to cancel me. This isn't freedom, you being outraged by every little thing. But this kind of speech is not a little thing. He's wearing a T-shirt that says, women go back in the kitchen. Well, like, what are we doing? Like, Like, that's not, we haven't even touched on that. That's hatred of 40 years ago. We kind of got past that. And now we're just rehashing it because there has been a change. And it's the same people that asked for politics to be kept out of sports and have introduced this vile hatred into it while being platformed, while being legitimized as the former president of the United States sits next to Dana White, the head of their company, at, at, at big marquee events. It's just as it's on ESPN. I asked Jimmy Pitaro, what do you... What gonads are you going to show me? It's funny for him to bring up gonads. That's hilarious because there's not a single pair in the room. It's insane to listen to this, how soft men have really become. This is ridiculous that you are having such a visceral reaction to sentences that somebody has stated in in a press conference and towards a a reporter. No actual hatred. In fact, he says, I don't even care about gay people. You can love whoever you want to love. I'm talking about the ideology that is influencing our society. That is the big problem here. And, oh, it's hatred. He must be punished. There must be punitive measures for this. How is the organization allowing something like this to happen? My goodness. My goodness. What is he going to do after the show? Like, drink a bunch of soy milk? I don't know. Nobody's hurt over what Sean Strickland said. Nobody is physically hurt. I mean, there might be some just, like, baseless, superficial emotions hurt by random people who are not even members of the LGBTQ plus community, which, you know, are not watching UFC anyways. This would have existed in its own little realm had it not gone viral on the internet, and nobody would have ever known about it, and it wouldn't have been a, a little drop in the bucket for stuff that you hear about trans ideology and, you know, gay this and gay that in the world that we live in right now. Yet because it's gone viral, people have this like superficial, visceral reaction to it as if something needs to be done. And there's more here to this guy's reaction. It continues, right? Something has really struck this guy. I don't know what's going on, uh, but here we go. In this instance, because that pay-per-view is on ESPN+. That is on ESPN+. And I know Disney is an inclusive company. I worked for it. You, you say nothing? 
you know what? You were right, Dan. I'll walk it back. End of the segment I have to, to, to change my mind on something. I'm glad you made that uh, made us play that video. Because while the UFC isn't going to do anything about it, I would challenge ESPN to make a public statement on this. Because that kind of hate is going over their airways. The Walt Disney Company. God, what, like, what? Are you a chicken shit? <laughs> that you allow this with impunity regularly. But it's never been this vile. The guy's wearing a t-shirt that says, women belong in the kitchen, a gun in every hand. Disney's a family company. Hell, Disney's a company. Take family out of it. This is revolting. You have that guy's last name on a pay-per-view. At the very least, condemn it. Wow. Does he want, like, a pat on the back and a cookie for that? Does he want, like, some woman to come and, you know, give him a big hug for defending women on his podcast? I mean, who is honestly listening to this and being like, yeah, 100%. Is it just because, like, men don't have real avenues to channel their rage anymore and this is how they do it on podcasts coming after, you know, transphobic, homophobic comments? It's so utterly sensitive it's so feminine to me <laughs> and this characterization that he's saying like a woman must be in the kitchen his t-shirt says a woman in every kitchen a gun in every hand it's it's uh, means nothing my goodness who cares and if anything it's pointing to actual gender differences that are actually real uh, but we refuse to acknowledge and because we refuse to make acknowledgments of the insanity that's happening in our society right now guess what you're gonna get you're gonna get a whole bunch of other sean stricklands you're gonna get a whole bunch of other people who come up and say you know what i'm not afraid to call this out and since you're trying to compel my speech since you're trying to say that there should be punitive measures for me telling the truth i'm gonna tell the truth even harder and i'm gonna do it in the most abrasive way and i don't even think sean strickland is thinking it through all, all that much. Like, this is some sort of tactic that he's using in his language to combat this ideology. He just smells BS and uh, uses his voice to, to call it out. And yes, he personally refers to himself as white trash. He might not do it in the most tactful way, but the message is landing, and it's landing on ears that maybe uh, need to hear it and need to start doing something about what's happening right now. Because he does not deserve to be punished for what he said, my goodness. And if he is, which I doubt that will happen given the history of, of the UFC and the fact that this is pretty typical, that that shows that we're in a very, very weak society. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't put it past ESPN to try to do something because sure. like recently uh, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show and Pat McAfee is one of the biggest names in sports broadcasting and he built his own show on YouTube that just grew to tens and hundreds of thousands of people watching him every single day and ESPN basically bought him out and uh, Aaron Rodgers was a regular guest on his show before the ESPN days and continued to do so on the ESPN days but it, a couple weeks ago uh Pat McAfee announced that Aaron Rodgers would no longer be on the show because he had said some, uh, well, it followed him saying some controversial vaccine stuff on ESPN's airwaves. Mm -hmm. And everyone kind of was like, okay, you're just, you know, doing this because ESPN's making you. Then he brought him back one more time. And supposedly that was like, oh, see, I didn't really sell out. But point being, uh, these people who uh, believe that it's their job to inform how you think and police people's speech and police people's thoughts uh, will use whatever means available to them to do so. And uh, if they're in control of institutions like ESPN, then they're not going to hesitate to use punitive measures. Now, will they? Will they overrule the UFC? Will is it is the, will this rise to the level? Who knows? But just the way that 
the TikToker reacted and the Libtard show guys reacted <laughs> just proves Strickland's point. They're a bunch of crybabies who, as soon as somebody says something they don't like, as soon as somebody uses free speech in a way that they don't like, they cry foul. They say, TikTok, do your thing. Everyone make a bunch of TikToks and cancel them. Send a bunch of complaining emails to ESPN. Uh, they, they want ESPN to take him down. They want the UFC to punish him in some way. And they're like crying to the teacher, like, oh, they did something I didn't like, punish them. Like last time I checked this, we believe in free speech in this country. And we have to sit here and take it from you guys, uh, virtue signaling from all these different institutions and all these platforms all the time. And when one guy stands up and says, F off, I have a different opinion, uh, then let's take the full weight of all of our institutional power and try to turn it against him instead of actually just allowing for free speech. Like what happened to, uh, I, I believe that you have the right to say, I may not agree with everything that you say, but I'll defend your right to say it. That used to be kind of the ethos of uh, people who live in America, people who believe in classical liberalism. And speaking of liberalism, like I'm old enough to remember when it was liberals who were crying about the moral puritanism of the right, who's always trying to impose their views or whatever. And now that they have the institutional power, now that their views are mainstreamed, uh, then they smear you as a transphobe. They try to censor you, do whatever they can anytime anybody uses free speech in a way that they disagree with. So these guys are all just proving Strickland's point and it's a bunch of nonsense and they need to drink another glass of soy milk and have a nap. <laughs> I guess so. And you know he's only going to double down on this. My goodness, it's probably fueling him even more to see just the outrage over something that I think, you know, 50% of the population uh, for the most part agrees with him on. So we'll see what happens in the wake of this. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's still going to be uh, fights going on uh, tomorrow night and we'll see what happens and what the outcome is of the Dricus Duplessis versus Sean Strickland fights and uh, where he goes from there. I'll be curious uh, and I'll hopefully be watching uh, unless ESPN decides to <laughs> take it off the airwaves, which, yeah, not happening uh, with the amount of money that they are making off of, of UFC. And that's another element to this of like the money talks in, in a lot of ways. And the UFC has proven itself uh, with uh, its audience and people showing up time and time again. And I don't think uh, the ESPN that ESPN is going to get rid of that over the sake of a few comments from one fighter uh, in the night. You know, probably no. not. Uh, we did do a poll just real quick. We asked you guys, did Sean Strickland cross the line in his tirade? And 29% uh, of you said kind of, but the reporter had it coming. 4% of you said, yes, I'm offended. And 66% of you said, no, he's 100% based. The thing is, I, it just makes me think about, you know, there's so many other people who feel the exact same way that he does. They're just not allowed to say it out loud. So like this, this uh, need to feel offended by somebody who's saying it publicly is just uh, an exercise in futility. A lot of people feel that way. And what people want is just for those people to be forced into silence and be forced to repress those beliefs rather than be able to say them publicly. But it doesn't make the belief go away. Uh, if anything, it radicalizes it even further. The more that you silence people who feel this way and you stop them from being able to say what they want to say. Uh, and the UFC as a sports organization has yet to do that. And I hope they maintain that. Uh, it can, it's going to be difficult. I think maybe the larger the organization gets and the, the other corporations that they get their hands on and all this stuff, but hopefully they maintain the environment that they've had thus far and the 
sort of, I guess, ideal that they will allow their fighters to say what they want to say uh, to each other about their, their views on the world. And that's them. That's their own personal beliefs. And they have every right to espouse them. Now, an organization that doesn't necessarily uphold that is, is the NFL. Uh, you can say what you want in the NFL so long as you are promoting leftism. And the latest uh, person to do that is the new head coach of the New England Patriots, Gerard Mayo. Here's the clip. I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism. And whatever whatever happens, black, white, disabled person, I've always, even someone with disabilities, I always, uh, you know, for the most part, people are like, you know, don't, you know, when they're young, they, they kind of make the spot hot. Younger people know what that means. But what I would say is, like, no, I want you to be able to go up to those people and really understand those people. So it goes back to whatever it is, black, white, yellow, it really doesn't matter, but it does matter so we can try to fix a problem that we all know we have. I do. That we all know we have. I wonder if he's referring to the NFL as an organization itself because they've done uh, quite a few measures uh, in, in the effort of being less racist, I guess, if you would even call them racist in the, in the first place. And this is sort of spawned from a lot of different things. George Floyd in 2020, Colin Kaepernick being an activist within the NFL. And uh, the NFL has taken several measures to make themselves a, a more uh, inclusive space. Taylor and I were talking before the show about this whole Rooney rule that now when they have a head coaching position, they they have to interview uh, African-American candidates or else, <laughs> like, or else. So we must see color. We must see color for the sake of remedying the the uh, the uh, dis the transgressions of our of our nation that the NFL is somehow part of uh, Colin Kaepernick likened the NFL to chattel slavery saying that they're essentially buying and selling African-American bodies for the sake of entertainment, for the sake of the game. Meanwhile, there are no calls for equity when it comes to maybe, I don't know, getting more white players in the NFL, getting more Asian dudes out there on the field. We don't see color when it comes to that. We don't care about equity when it comes to that. Uh, but this head coach, uh, Gerard Mayo, says you must see color in order to understand racism. And this is a very common narrative you get on the left because uh, many will say, oh, I'm, I'm colorblind, meaning I don't care about your race, not that I can't physically see your color. It's just to say that it does not affect my judgment of you. It does not affect the way that I view you. And the left retorts back saying, well, you must see race because you cannot see me without seeing my skin color. You cannot see the systemic barriers placed in front of me if you don't see my skin color. And of course, it's ridiculous, I think, uh, you know, race neutrality is the future. Colorblindness, if that's what we want to call it, is the future because that's what the human experience is about. Your race truly does not mean anything. And if we're going to constantly talk about race, see race, comment on race, even in industries that, you know, have a high percentage of, of black people who are extremely successful within the industry, even then, we cannot run from the racialized narrative. We can't keep going down this route guys we really can't no and of course no one's talking about the fact that there's not one starting cornerback in the entire nfl who's white i think a hundred percent of them are black men not that i have a problem with that but it just goes to show you the asymmetry here but they are concerned uh that there's maybe not a proportionate representation of uh 
black coaches, black head coaches or black quarterbacks, because those are the positions of power, blah, 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 blah. It's just so tiresome. And especially in competitive sports, like the NFL is actually a very competitive league, obviously, but every single team has the same amount of money to spend. It's a, it's a uh, fixed cap league. And it really like the, the league that finishes in last place gets the first pick in the draft. So the, the league that finishes in first place gets the last pick in the draft. And they do a good job keeping everything uh, with a, a level competitive landscape, except apparently where we're trying to intervene with new measures to uh, introduce diversity quotas, which they really haven't apart from the Rooney rule, which states that, yeah, you have to interview a minority candidate. Uh, if, if you're have a head coaching vacancy, you have to interview a minority candidate uh, before you fill that or in the course of that. If not, you could be penalized. Or I think maybe there's just an incentive where you can get an extra draft pick in exchange for interviewing minority candidates, which already we're interfering with tr true competition on the basis of people's skin color, which is uh, just misguided. And it it's unnecessary, man. The product on the field is what people care about. Um, and I'm, I'm not surprised because it doesn't seem like they've learned anything since the uh, kneeling for the anthem days. They put the end racism stickers on everyone's helmets the last few years, and apparently that still hadn't ended racism. Um, so it's just like, what are we doing here, guys? Can we just focus on sports and play football? And it's sad to see it coming from one of the coaches, especially one who's taking over for one of the most legendary coaches of all time, Bill Belichick. He, I don't want to say he's handed this job because he is a qualified person. He, he played uh, on this team for a few years and then uh, was on the coaching staff. He was not an offensive or defensive coordinator, which usually you have to be before you become a head coach. So he should be very grateful and everything. And it's just disappointing to see him coming in and, and talking about race from the get go. And luckily we have other clips of coaches sort of setting the record straight and saying maybe it's time that we move away from the uh, race narrative. This is uh, the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Todd Bowles. Let's watch. Uh, you, you and Mike Tomlin are two of the few black head coaches in the league. I wonder what your relationship is like with them and your thoughts on Steve Wilkes joining that fold. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, we don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of very good white friends that coach in this league as well. And I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching against each other. I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches and <laughs> football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. Uh, you tell her. You tell her. The condescension that is so present in the line of questioning is undeniable, yet they don't feel that they are being condescending for her to retort back to him and say, well, you understand the importance of representation, don't you, black man? Don't you understand how important it is for, for you guys to be represented amongst one another, to show all the other black children what people are capable of? My goodness, how little do you think of black people that this is your line of questioning when talking to somebody who is a head 
coach who has already like earned his stripes, shown how successful he can be, and is standing there telling you, I don't think it matters. I don't think we should be talking about this. I just see, you know, a, a colleague uh, when I'm looking at somebody, whether or not they share the same skin color as me. We're both there to achieve the same goals. We love the same game. That's the end of it. It's very reminiscent of, of Morgan Freeman when he was being interviewed. He's and he's, like, yeah. he's like, yeah, we can fix this whole racism thing when we stop talking about it. And I think more and more uh, black people are just, you know, adding to that wave of people going, wait a second, I don't want to be referred to as, you know, like a black head coach. I'm just a head coach. And I don't want to be asked anymore about how important my representation is. Uh, and good for him for standing up to her and actually calling out calling her out on her reference to them as like, you guys, it is very much an othering of black people, which is so often what the left accused conservatives of doing. You guys are othering us. You are marginalizing us. And in the very language of, don't you know how important representation is for you guys? You are othering black people. When if there's anywhere that black people shouldn't be othered, it's it's the NFL. I mean, they're they're proving themselves. They're doing better uh, than a lot of their counterparts out on the field. Now uh, up in, in head coaching with all the stuff that's going on right now, leave it be. Leave it be. Let it live. And guess what? Nobody will ever think a thing of it if we just stop surrounding every conversation and, and injecting every conversation with race. Yeah. And it's in the NFL, again, it's a, it's a competitive league. Like people want to win. There's big money in winning. Uh, if your franchise is, is a winning franchise, it, it generates a lot more ticket sales. It makes everything a lot more valuable. It's much more profitable for the ownership. So if you're good at coaching, trust me, you'll get the job. But what sucks is whenever coaches like Todd Bowles are put in, are earn their way to a job like this. And then they're immediately uh, being put under this race narrative where it's like, oh, let's talk about representation. Isn't it this great thing? And really, the more that that becomes something that matters, the more that that becomes something that the league cares about, that the media cares about, that coaches care about, the more it casts a shadow over the actual achievements and qualifications of these coaches. And if I were in in if I were in his shoes, I wouldn't be upset with that kind of question as well, because it's calling into question your qualifications. And that is uh, the exact opposite of what you want. You have worked hard. You have uh, done what you need to do to be a coach who can lead a team to victory in this league. And that is all that matters in football. It's all that matters in competitive sports. And it's all that should matter. Um, and the more we're injecting this this race narrative stuff into there, uh, the more it it reflects poorly on these coaches and undercuts their achievements. Yeah, so the head coach of the New England Patriots could learn a thing or two. That reporter could learn a thing or two. And I hope they keep getting checked when they try to inject this narrative into every single thing that is done. It's getting so tired, it's stale, overplayed. Boo! Tomato, tomato, <laughs> tomato, tomato. tomato. <laughs> I just want to clarify, some of y'all are, are listing white quarterbacks in the chat that, because uh, I said I, there wasn't a starting white corner back in the league. So I just wanted to clarify it was corner back that I said, not quarter back. So I didn't even know there was such thing as a corner <laughs> back. It's a, it's a defensive player who covers wide receivers and pass plays, basically. He's a cornerback. Uh, well, that was a whole different language, and I still have no clarity <laughs> okay, on the matter. Never mind. <laughs> Sporty McSportington reporting for duty, guys. Now, in other sports news, it looks like almost, maybe the entire staff of Sports Illustrated is going to be laid off. This was... Uh, 
news that came out today. It says earlier today, the workers of Sports Illustrated were notified that the Arena Group, which bought the publishing license for uh, uh, Sports Illustrated, is planning to lay off a significant number, possibly all of the guild-represented workers at Sports Illustrated. Now, we don't know exactly why here. A bit of the background news on this is that um, the Arena Group, which bought the publishing license for Sports Illustrated, was meant to make uh, payments to ABG, the company that they purchased the uh, licensing agreement uh, from, and they have not made a, a payment. It was not cleared, and that may or may not have led to the layoffs that are happening right now. Of course, a lot of conservatives on the internet are uh, calling into question the record of Sports, of, of Sports Illustrated recently in the fact that they've allowed for many, uh, many a trans woman to make her way to the cover of the magazine. Here's one of Lena Bloom, another one of Kim Petras. Lena Bloom was in uh, 2021, uh, Kim Petras in 2023. And that maybe this is a, a go woke, go broke type situation. I don't know how much putting a, a trans woman on the cover of Sports Illustrated has to do uh, with anything. I'm not sure how tuned in people are to those things, whether or not it really affected the numbers at Sports Illustrated. But who knows, maybe it's a portion of the pie. So often I think conservatives do jump to, oh, well, they went, they went woke and then they went broke. <laughs> and it's because they did that one thing in 2021. I don't know, you know, whether or not that's actually the case. I would love for it to be the case that we have such swift reaction time when things like this happen and uh, this ideology is spread that it leads to the downfall of these companies. But who knows? And it, it very well could be that another person picks up the publishing uh, license of Sports Illustrated or it goes back to the original uh, licensor and they they pick it right back up where it left off. So we'll Yeah, see. it was... It was certainly poorly managed in the last five years or so since this publisher took over. And uh, I think we can say that at least. And I would say that at least part of that would be evidenced by uh, pushing this stuff in their uh, magazine. I can't imagine that it was market demand for trans models in the swimsuit uh, edition <laughs> right. that drove them to make this decision. It was probably an ideological choice and insertion for ESG scores by their owning companies or maybe just activism on the part of the employees. The fact that they had a workers union uh, signals me that maybe that was a little bit of the, the trouble in paradise. But you're right. We can't say definitively that this is a go broke, go, uh, go woke, go broke situation. But I am reminded of the recent uh, Victoria's Secret controversy mm -hmm. and how they sort of reverse course after they went all in on the body positivity and representation stuff. And then uh, reports started coming out that they were doing very poorly. And then they, what do you know, they announced we're going back to uh, sexy models again and, and going back to our original branding. And uh, there is a little bit of uh, Bud Light energy when you have a target market that is of a certain demographic that would maybe skew conservative or have conservative sympathies. And then you start shoving things down their throat, like as was the case with the Dylan Mulvaney thing, which, I mean, whatever, that that was maybe not shoving it down their throat. They sent a Bud Light can to the wrong person and it blew up. But sure. be that as it may, uh, you, you make certain marketing choices and editorial choices that uh, choose a side on an issue. And uh, if your target market is not on the same side of that issue, they're not going to appreciate that. So I can imagine that it did 
harm Sports Illustrated in some way. Um, but it is uh, it is kind of a sad thing. Sports Illustrated is an iconic publication. Um, I actually have uh, the one edition from when LSU won the national championship, my alma mater. Uh, from a few years ago, and that's that used to be framed in my office. I had to swap it out for that. Um, I was never a big reader, but it's one of these iconic institutions in in sports media. Uh, but the it was kind of going downhill before this, and uh, hopefully, whatever publisher comes in next uh, redeems it a little bit and gets it back on the sports messaging. Right. And I guess the swimsuit thing too, if that's uh, I can turn to. Yeah, I see a lot of you guys saying that you like Sports Illustrated for the swimsuits <laughs> in the <laughs> chat down below. They very ma- they very well may be making a comeback, so we'll see what happens there. But oh my gosh, that's be that'd be tough news for all the employees that got laid off this morning. Feel for you guys, but also, you know, it, it happens as it happens. And with that, that ends my time as Sporty McSportington on today's show. <laughs> and I think we're going to get into your super chats. Let's do it. Mm. <laughs> She's hanging up her boots oh, as yeah. Sporty McSportington. Sports um, commentary. I know that's what you guys time. all come to this show for is my sports commentary. Uh, so I was happy to fulfill that dream for you for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we need to play another one of those games where I show you random like NFL or MLB team logos, and you we try to guess. We should have where done that are. today. That yeah. would be that would have been hilarious. Uh, I Alas. would have failed dramatically. I wouldn't even be able to tell you after covering it what the New England Patriots uh, logo looks like. Mm. So we'll have to bring it back. Yeah, uh, one of these days. Daniel Santana is our first super chatter today. He says, wishing you a joyful Friday and hoping that you both have an enjoyable and eventful weekend. Thank you, Daniel Santana. I'm going to have an eventful weekend. I'm flying to Sydney, Australia. So that's going to be fun. Very long flight. I think it's like 14 hours. So it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one, but it's going to be fun. So I'm excited. Australia. Australia. Uh, Monty Jose says, don't watch Echo, not worth it. Most wasn't too bad, but the ending was way too woke feminist for my taste. Ah, okay. So some of you guys are watching Echo and you're coming back with reports that it is in fact woke. As I said, I watched a nerdrotic Gary's, uh, takedown of the entire show. And he said there was definitely some woke elements in it. I haven't gotten around to watching it quite yet. Uh, and maybe it's because I am subconsciously putting it off because I don't want to be tortured for five episodes. But uh. if it's bad, y'all should be telling Amala to watch it so yes. that she can watch it so you don't have to Got and uh, spare you guys the craziness and give you a report and a reaction to what it was. I do need all of you guys to tell me whenever you see bad woke shows and stuff, please, please report back. Okay, did you see that trailer I sent you for this new J-Lo movie where she's like yes, a sex, sex addict addicts. in multiple dimensions or something? <laughs> it's like everything everywhere all I at once, see. except she's a sex addict yeah. in all these different worlds. And it's a musical, which is going to be even more oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with movies right now. I've been seeing all the Mean Girls responses to people who went and saw it and like how bad it was as far as in like adaptation of a musical for the movie screen. Uh, and it's been making me cringe. So I don't think I can subject myself to it. Yeah, yeah. that was that just like Gen Z FOMO that got that movie made? Because I feel like every millennial girl I've seen talk about it is like, 
Why would they remake that? It was the perfect movie. There's no way it's going to be any good. And even Gen Z girls. I Every think, Gen Zer has seen Mean Girls. I don't know why they felt the need uh, to do this. I think the maybe the musical was just doing so well, and Renee Rapp was really growing in popularity. You all know she's going to be on SNL this weekend. That it was like it was worth it for the box office for it. And I imagine it didn't do bad in the box office. I'm just like, it just could have been so much better executed. They, the, the Katie Herring like couldn't even sing really. Why would you put her as like the lead in a musical? I don't understand. Every theater kid who's like listening to what's coming out of there is probably, it's probably cringing. That's what I know for sure. Well, I did see that the uh, pre-production of The Terminalist has just started or the production of it. Um, there's like it. making a prequel season of it's like a Chris Pratt show where he's a Navy SEAL badass okay. and that's happening. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, Gladiator 2 is in the works, which is one of my favorite movies Uh-oh. when I was younger, but uh, I'm not very hopeful that they can do anything close to living right. up to I it. I just but. want original stuff. They're making a reboot of The Wizards of Waverly Place now. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. why are you doing that? What is going on? Leave it alone. But at least David Henry and Selena Gomez are working on it in tandem it seems so i i don't know i'm not super hopeful but we will see yeah i mean i never watched that one but i know it's a cherished thing i loved for a lot of zoomers of place uh nothing special says hey there hey there a and tay love the show a 3000 and, and have a great weekend hey thank you not love sure what the 3000 is you that's love, just like you love the show and then yeah. 3000 or you love the show 3000 <laughs> what is oh that? is that a show TV, is it i don't know I was like, maybe that's just the level of uh, emphasis. Maybe there's a show called 3000. <laughs> Someone says it's a Marvel reference. Oh. And we're just not Marvel people. Yeah, so we're maybe not we Marvel know. people. Iron I'll Man. take it. Okay. Oh. Sorry, guys. Thank you. Sorry, guys. I mean, totally. We knew that. Yep. Robert Downey. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you for watching. Nothing special. Um, Pitland44 says, Amelie Taylor, I trust your sports coverage way more than ESPN, FS1, <laughs> or NBC, who are now actively editing people's interviews. Cheers yeah, and God bless. Well, that sucks. I mean, I don't know that you should ever trust my sports coverage, but uh, that shows how bad the news in ESPN is actually becoming. You know, we were like clued into ESPN in like 2020 when they were doing all the crazy stuff, and the NBA had like Black Lives Matter all over the courts, and they were doing moments of silence for like LGBT people and allies it's just so dramatic over what like nothing was happening and still it was it was ongoing so we'll see if they respond to the sean strickland stuff to me it would be weird to respond to one athlete out of an entire you know organization over some offhanded comments that had nothing to do with the actual sport itself but we'll see we shall see and i do know Mm -hmm. when they said nbc is actively editing people's interviews they're referring to Houston, Texas quarterback C.J. Stroud in a post-game interview, he said the, you know, I'd like to thank Jesus or whatever, and they cut that out, but included the rest of his interview for some reason, and a lot of Christians weren't happy about that. Uh But I've also heard that the man's uh, advocating for his father to be released from prison, but his father has a fairly extensive rap sheet that I've seen on social media, so... (laughs) I don't know. It's always give and take with all these things, I guess. You can be offended one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, it's dependent but, on what you care about, I guess. Uh, Oatmeal says, uh, I just wanted to say I met a girl who came to youth group one night and she said she met you. I think she met you at a college in Minnesota. Ah, probably Winona, uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota, which I've been to WSU 
twice now, uh, and that's always a fun fun campus to go on because all the students get so angry. <laughs> Obviously not the ones who come to the speech. You guys are wonderful and so well, nice. I was about to say, well, hopefully she wasn't one of those uh, girls who was yelling at you or yeah, you know, highly saying, doubted. I didn't. I don't think she'd meet me if she was one of those. Uh, none of those wait. None of them waited to beat me. I don't think. Maybe one or two of them did. Uh, but yeah, no. The second time. Minnesotans the first time are so the nice. Protesters were yelling at you. Minnesotans are so nice if they do not hate you. <laughs> That's true. It's my people's. Yeah. Uh, Alfredo Ortiz says, "I love it when Amala's alta persona, Sporty McSportington, comes on the air." Reporting for duty. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you guys? Sporty McSportington is a little bit more aggressive than regular Amala. Uh, she tells people to drink soy milk um, and uh, listens to clips of Sean Strickland. So always good to take on the alter ego. Uh, nothing special again. Who's actually RP Awareness? Okay, he changed his name again. Okay. Um, it says 1,000% based Strickland and based T-shirt. We need a lot more people like him to stand up for what you believe and bring, bring tradition back into the home. Yeah, I think what people are doing is because they can't really make all that much controversy out of what he said. They're like pointing to the T-shirt and they're saying, it says women belong in the kitchen, which it didn't even say. It said uh, a woman in every kitchen, which who cares? Oh my gosh. There's a lot of guys who would say that as an offhanded comment or a joke or whatever. My goodness, can't be so sensitive these days. Boys will be boys, am I right? Yeah, it's just literally words printed on a t-shirt. Oy. Hey, and there's an element too of like performative uh, bombacity that you have when you're a UFC fighter who's promoting yeah. a fight. Like they all go turn their personalities up to an 11 because they want to sell interest in the fight. It's true of wrestling too. So I feel like the same way we give a little bit more leeway to like comedians, stand-up comedians to do, to say kind of crazy stuff or funny stuff right. in their, uh, in their, on their platform. I think you should extend that to UFC guys. As well. And even so, I think he's being pretty legit. Like there's other ones yeah. you could compare him to, like say a Colby Covington where like he speaks and you're like, ugh. This is not real. Like, this is actually not your real personality. Sean Strickland, it seems like this dude's <laughs> legit. Like, he'll tell you anywhere, anytime what he truly thinks, uh, even if he does maybe turn it up a little bit. Uh, at least he seems like one of the more legitimate guys when he when he says what he's saying and when he comes after people and, you know, talks yeah, shit. He's just, I feel, yeah, I feel like he definitely is more of a take the filter down even more. Yeah, 100%. Have his true self. Mojo Jojo says, I don't know who this UFC guy is, but I love him after seeing what he said. We need people who are honest with their views. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, I don't even know who to root for uh, in tomorrow's fight because I really like Drickus Duplessis too. And he's kind of like a softer, like more mild temperament uh, when it comes to press conferences and things like that, even though he did come after Sean Strickland and ended up triggering him a bit in the things that he said leading up to this fight, like something around, like, I'm going to beat you like your dad did and made Sean Strickland cry because he got triggered over it, I think. Uh, so, but they seemed to set aside that drama because people were booing at Drickus Duplessis and Sean was like, don't boo at him. Like, we're going to go in there and we're going to fight and everything's going to be good and he's a good fighter. He's a good man or whatever. So, <laughs> I, I'm just curious to see. That's what I'm talking about. This priest fight stuff gets wild. I mean, no one really I think does. has gone as far as Dylan Danis to uh, Logan Paul. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> Uh, it, it gets yeah. pretty crazy. I mean, Sean Strickland like calls out people's wives and calls them cucks and all <laughs> this sorts of stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, we we'll see. So far, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna win. 
Uh, Monty Jose says a lot of far left libs use crass language to get their message across. Why does it have to be a shock when conservatives do too? Yeah, I mean, I we try not to do that on this channel in particular, but when other people do, it's like whatever. I, I'm not. None of that really shocks me all that much when either side uh, participates in that sort of rhetoric. It's whatever. You kind of have to filter it out a little bit to get through the actual message, but. Who cares? Yes. And yeah. it's a very broad lamps landscape once you're like on one side of an entire issue. There's going to be a lot of people, many of whom would never use swear words <laughs> in expressing their opinion or say things in a crass manner. But there's going to be people on this side of uh, a, an issue that are perfectly willing to right. express their opinion more forcefully with colorful language. And we can't paint everyone with the same brush on either side. I'm very middle of the road. I could definitely use less swear words in my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother says people use swear words when they don't have anything better or more educated to say. Uh, and I'm, I always think about my grandma every time I swear, which happens uh, occasionally <laughs> on this show. <laughs> Just occasionally. Uh, this show is pretty tasteful. It is. We're pretty tame. <laughs> Uh, Celtic Blacksmith says, this Strickland dude is about as subtle as a sledgehammer. I dig it. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't an MA, MMA fan earlier today, but son of a diddly, I just might be now. Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know, like, don't a lot of men talk like that? Isn't that pretty typical? I feel like maybe men talk like that when they're in their own spaces with one another, and maybe the world's just not used to seeing that. Like, why are you all that shocked that somebody who fights people for a living talks like this when asked questions it's kind of weird to see like the soy responses from other men who are super triggered by this because i'm like i don't know just seems like pretty normal pretty normal energy for the most part maybe it's just yeah. for, for this time it's not so normal but some of y'all did not go to public school for one minute and it shows for real like <laughs> what? if you went to any normal school like that you'll meet some characters who are like that and beyond or like put on a video game headset for like five minutes and listen to how like 13 year olds speak now my goodness this mm -hmm. is nothing <laughs> yeah nothing. i've definitely heard worse things from a video game lobby from a 13 year old 100%. oh my gosh uh Alfredo Ortiz says, talk about CJ Stroud and how the news censored him, thanking God after his game. Yeah, see, yeah. so people are are paying attention to that story, I'm telling you. We brought it up. There it is. Uh, RJ Adventure Ready says, Sean Strickland's message is approved 100%. Uh, as a society, we have forgotten what tolerance is, and we need to bring it back. Yeah, you've got to be able to tolerate other people's opinions. And again, a very lukewarm opinion at that. And I think a lot of people, because he's so like abrasive in the way that he speaks, they're not really seeing past that to get through the actual heart of the message of what he's saying, which is what, you know, 50% of the population agrees with. So good for him. Good for him. Especially if sports is going to get so politicized these days, I'm glad at least one person is like saying stuff that I agree with mm -hmm. for once. Uh, William Rudyard says to all the libtards, spouting platitudes of seeming virtue makes you no more a saint or a scholar. I didn't read the first part again. Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> Uh, to all the libtards, oh. <laughs> spouting platitudes of okay. seeming virtue makes you no more a saint or a sailor. Right. It's this. It's the same. And they think it does. They think it's like a. Oh, I can get. I'm. I'm so virtuous and wonderful. And look at me. Like, it's. It's been a through line throughout almost the entire episode. The. The reporter at the beginning says, "I'm an 
ally before asking the question. Oh. It's meant to just like white knight uh, LGBTQ people. And then the guy who's freaking out over it is saying, how dare they? There must be punitive measures for something like this. Blah, 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 blah. It's just, yes, exactly. Like, do you want somebody to do something for you after this? Do you need a cookie? Do you need a cookie and, so- and a nap? I can't. Oh, dear. Um, I love the juxtaposition there. He's like, spouting platitudes of seeming virtue makes makes you no more a saint or scholar to all the libtards. (laughs) (laughs) William Rudlard, he read your Kipling, am I right? Yeah. Uh, Taylor Fan Club says, honest to God, can't watch the woke libs or TikTok. Their arrogant, narcissistic, morally superior attitude is just so embarrassing to watch. Yeah. Like, uh, to speak with such confidence about something that you don't know about, and, like, the condescension is another thing. Like, oh, my goodness. To call, what did she call Sean Strickland a chicken shit? I'm like, that just goes to show you have no idea who you're talking to. She also, oh, I wanted to find, there was this other tweet that she put out, which I thought was so hilarious um, that we didn't end up getting to. Let me pull it up. She says, um, I definitely beat Sean Strickland in a fight because all I'd have to do is remind him that LGBTQ folks exist, are loved, and are happier than he'll ever be. And he'd probably cry so hard that he'd puke. I'll be so for real right now. How delulu. I do sometimes wish I was that delusional. <laughs> Cringe, bro. I really Cringe. do. I also want to know what the reporter looked like who asked him the question that made him like you know, identify him as a I have it somewhere. Voter. I do have it somewhere. Soy drinker. I will pull it up as we go right, through. We'll find it. All right, I'll read it one is. more while you do that. Uh, uh-huh. Diva Dawn says, anyone remember a time in history that slaves ended up millionaires after being bought or sold? Right. I missed that in school. Yeah, it's ridiculous that a Colin Kaepernick would liken the NFL to chattel slavery, given the fact that you make millions of dollars based on the contracts that you willingly sign, right? You don't <laughs> have to participate in the NFL. You don't have to play the games. You don't have to go through the whole drafting process. But yeah, he did this whole thing, and I think it's still on Netflix if you guys want to watch it uh, it's a video of him like they like show NFL players being lined up to have like their bodies checked out and liken it to like people checking out slaves like overseers looking at slave bodies to see how much work they could get done and like analyzing how fast they could run and, and making that similar to how they analyzed slaves to see if their anatomy was good for the work that they were about to buy them for give me a break Give me a break. All right, you're poked and prodded like it's an auction block. Oh my it's like gosh. then he was begging to get back in the NFL too after like after making that video. He was like, um, I'm hosting this tryout if anyone wants to come watch me play and hire me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh uh Garo says, could it be any worse than the new Star Wars director they hired that hates men? Could it be any worse? Uh, could be. <laughs> Let's just hope that it never uh, never gets to that point. It's just, I like to think we're like at, we're, everything's peaking because more and more people are starting to like speak up and call this stuff out and be more comfortable doing so. And that's what's making people really freak out is that there is an opposition and they're becoming more vocal. And I hope that just continues uh, and, and it grows. I think it will. People are over it. 
And if you want Amala's full opinion on the new Star Wars director and movie, uh, Star Wars Mix Star Warsington uh, made a video about it last week. That's on the channel. And there's also a short if you want the 60 second version. So make sure to check those out. So this is the guy that asked the question. I don't know if you can see it. His name is Alexander K. Lee, apparently. So this is what Sean Strickland spotted and thought you're probably a, a leftist and you probably voted for Justin Trudeau. So there you go. There Figure you that go. Out. Uh, let's see. Um, Taylor Fan Club again says, Diva Don got it right. Slaves didn't get to choose the plantations with million-dollar contracts for. Uh, don't know what's more insulting, Colin's comparison or his garbage docuseries on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's worse either. Uh, and they still like run with the narrative. All these successful like black guys and just black people in general that continue to just cry racism really astounds me. You got head coaches, head players, you got the likes of LeBron James, famous rappers, all these different people complaining about racism while they sit in their mansions and count their millions of dollars. At what point do you not get to use that as an excuse anymore or like a, a crutch that you, you stand on? I don't know. Yo no sé. Yo no sé. Um, Aaron Farrell says, hi, Amelin Taylor. This is Aaron from Valpo, Indiana. Um, I absolutely love your content. Yours and Brett Cooper's channels are my go-to. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm glad. I'm glad we're one of your go-to channels that you're enjoying your time here. Uh, Atmospheric Edinburgh says, compare what Strickland said to what Yuri Bezmenov said. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're definitely looking at two different levels of uh, communication when it comes to the two, but the sentiment nonetheless is very similar, that there is ideological subversion happening in our society and that we're becoming a nation of sheep people who no matter how much evidence is placed in front of our face we refuse to recognize it and if you guys are unfamiliar with yuri bezmanov i definitely recommend you look into uh, some of his older interviews and where he speaks about ideological subversion and how that happens yeah we've played those on the show before but mm -hmm. it's been a while maybe we need to do another yeah bezmanov recap episode yeah, yeah i'd be into that um well Oaxaca says, have a great weekend, guys. I feel bad for the SI crew. They were an American institution. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be back. I think it's just yeah. a licensing issue, payment on the licensing uh, that's happening right now, and that they'll probably restaff under, you know, whatever company they end up with. So we shall see. I don't yeah, imagine don't the name Sports the... Illustrated is going away. <laughs> right. I think they'll yeah. be back, and I don't think the people who got fired are necessarily the people who built it into an American institution. Yeah. I'm sure they had some good employees, some that we probably wouldn't like as much, but anyways, we're hopeful that uh, it gets brought back in a better form. Yeah, because this company purchased them in 2019, I believe, so yeah. not much time under the belt. Which is a half a decade ago now, isn't that crazy to say? 2019? <sighs> oh my gosh. Five years ago? Please. Jeez. Stop it. Stop it. Make it stop. Get some help. Uh, Maui says, I am recessive gene biracial because I'm super white and blue eyed and my siblings got the brown skin and eyes. How would the libs handle that, LOL? Uh, I don't know. In the same way they handle logic, you guys know who logic is? <laughs> Probably something similar to that. Can you say the N-word is the question. It's mm. my immediate thought. Can you? Have you? If you did, how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so many know. questions. Let me know down below. Uh, Alfredo says, sports quiz for a sporting Nick Sportington. Oh, what gosh. NFL team does CJ Stroud play for? <laughs> it's a famous Democratic city in a Republican state that loves guns. I'm not going to be able to answer this. I don't even know NFL teams other than the two that we covered in the show today. I'm going to say, what do you say? Blue blue city in a Republican state? Is that what they said? Yeah. Yes. I'm already lost the <laughs> I'm just gonna make up a team. The Austin Cheetahs. Oh. <laughs> uh no. <laughs> um it's Houston Texans is who he plays wow. for. Wow. There you go. That's not very creative. Texans, the Houston Texans. Yeah. Come on now. I mean some of the names are kind of whack, but it is a little you know. whack. We did get a $50 super chat just now from Redeemable Nomad. He says, I'm slowly coming around to being neutral on some of the topics that you talk about and man enough to admit that some of these topics are logical. I can't say that I'm a big fan of your show, nor will I ever, but I will continue to learn from this. Hey, you know what? I'll take that. You know what? I'll take that any day. If you're becoming more neutral on some of the topics that we're covering and expanding your perspective, you don't have to be a fan. I'll, yeah, I'll respect, take the 50 man. bucks, though. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, total respect and glad you're here. Yeah. Um, and please do uh, keep speaking your mind. Yeah, and continue uh, to join us where, where you're, you were invited. You're invited to the mm-hmm. cookout. Um, let's see. Uh, Apple Slices says, part one. Hi, Amelie. This is my first super chat. I just want to say how amazing you and your show and Taylor is to me. Uh, I used to be an extreme leftist and hated opposing ideas. A couple of years ago, I was recommended and watched your first ever episode. Uh, oh, wow. Yes, you have taught me so much. While I'm only 15, you've had such a big impact on my life. I hope you never stop making videos. I'll be so sad. Oh, my gosh. Okay, just for that reason alone, we're never stopping. <laughs> yeah. Stuck here forever. That is so sweet. Thank you, you so much. You heard it here much. first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we are. You, I'll, you guys can tie me to this chair. I'll be here for good after that. Thank you so much for uh, watching the show. I'm so glad that it's had an impact on you. Uh even if you didn't, you know, even if you didn't change your mind on things, I'm, I'm so glad that the show has done something for you and that you found a little little space here on the Internet. Yeah, that's super cool. Very. Thanks for sharing the story with us. We love hearing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, RJ Adventure Ready again says, I uh, recently got dissed by a male based on bio, but they would get involved with women, non-binary, trans men slash trans women. Also, your grandma is right. <laughs> yeah, my grandma's right about swear words. Hey, I know my grandma's right, uh, but still, uh, we are. I am flawed and imperfect, as Fanny Willis would say. What was the... I'm not understanding the actual super chat itself. You were dissed by somebody? I guess so. Somebody who's male dissed RJ, um, but based but, on their bio, it said they're male. Um, but they would get involved with women, non-binary, trans men, trans women. See, you know, that that person sounds busy. Why are they why are they dissing you? They've got other things on their hands. That's plenty. That's a it's a whole ton of that's a lot of categories of people to be messing around with. They should be focused on that. It's a lot of pronouns to keep straight. That is a lot. That is a lot. Uh Tobin Theron says, Have a good trip, Dan Under. Down under. Uh, hey, hey Taylor. 
Uh, also, <laughs> Renee Rapp is a terrible substitute for Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams is so pretty and iconic. Whoa. Renee Rapp is mid at best. Same <gasps> with the whole cast. I actually do really <laughs> like Renee Rapp, uh, uh, but uh, I think she's so, so talented. But I'm a musical theater kid, so I know Renee Rapp from that. I was like a follower of Renee Rapp back when she was doing the Jimmy Awards, and I bet a ton of you guys won't even know what that is. It's like a... It's a musical theater competition for like high schoolers, wow. <laughs> um, and a lot of them go on to become uh, to become famous. And Renee Rapp is one of those. I, I like her. Um, who knows if I'd like her personality in real life or not? But she's very talented at the at the least. Well, guilty as charged. I don't know who Renee Rapp is. I don't know what those awards are. But we just wow. talked about all the sporty stuff that I did know. So you've never enough. heard the song "Tummy Hurts" by Renee Rapp and Coco Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I know that was on my Spotify number one last year. That's what we Something need to hurts. do with Taylor's. We need to get him up to, up to date on like Gen Z. We need to do like I need to do sports quizzes. Taylor needs Gen Z quizzes. Uh, we used to do stuff like this on the show. We need to bring it back. I'll just if it's an e boy, it's Jacob Elordi, <laughs> Timothy oh, Chalamet, e boy. Oh, um, uh, who's the Tom Holland's Zendaya? Zendaya, so it's, yeah. It's a girl. It's her. Mm-hmm. Or Renee Rapp, apparently, okay. which is a new name that I just learned. Diva uh, Don says people are such pansies these days. Also, they're obnoxious. Yeah, some of them are, most definitely. Uh, we we saw a few of them on today's show. I can't. I just like if you're going through the world with this, this much sensitivity, like how are you making it on a day to day basis? Like how are you not in a constant state of emotional breakdown? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Will Roak says nothing wrong with being proud to be a black coach. Rooney rule around because they wouldn't give us interviews. Positions are one coaches are chosen. Let people be proud, chill out and stop being so sensitive. There's no reason to be proud of your race. As soon as somebody can like give me an, a, a valid reason to be proud of your race, 100 percent, I'll come and back it up. I just haven't heard one. Uh, and you know what? Black people have been doing fine in the NFL. Uh, and if you don't need some like you don't need to be placated to like, let's give them interviews because somebody told us we have to. If anything, it like undermines the very idea of being a black head coach if somebody had to like give you a step stool in order to get there now should they give you know quality individuals the opportunity regardless of race 100% but as soon as you start dictating what people have to do in regard to race you take all the power out of it it's no longer a powerful thing to see a black head coach of a NFL team because look what you had to do to get there and i think that's what homeboy Todd Bulls uh, is recognizing we got to stop yeah. this mentality. Yeah, and like we're, we you could say we're sensitive or we're uh, we're de- defensive of the principle of equality and treating people on their merits and uh, on the basis of their accomplishments and evaluating them on that and, and advocating that they get promoted and get into positions based on their merit and um, we're defending the their accomplishments on their merits so that people don't have to call them into question because of racial quotas or something like that. So um, it's not like a personal defensiveness. It's, it's just really reasoning. On, you know, huh? It's just reasoning. I'm not being defensive. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Who, me? I'm not sensitive <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I am, I guess. Nah. Those are just the ideas that we believe in. Yeah. Um, Boz says Amala, Brett Cooper, and Blair White should do a. Th- oh, Amala, Brett Cooper, and Blair White should do a three-way podcast. You can call it two and a half women. <laughs> oh goodness. 
Wow. That's a funny joke. Okay. That is a I got to start vetting these joke. a little more. That no, I mean, hey, whatever. That's that's it was uh, funny. It was a good one. Your your free speech is allowed. Yeah. We we react to Sean Strickland say what he said. We can <laughs> let that one in. Yeah. Um, and I think that was our last uh, qualifying super chat of the day. So interesting one to uh, okay, end out on. Perfect. Guys, <laughs> thank you so much for watching the show. Hope you had a fantastic time here. Like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow's video is about my homegirl. She's not really my homegirl because I don't know her personally. Nara Smith. I love that girl. I am a stan. Uh, and she's constantly getting criticized on the internet. For those of you who don't know her, you will get to know her tomorrow. And I can't wait for you guys to see that video. So keep an eye out. With that being said, if you disagree with anything said in this show, do get out in the comments, but do so respectfully. And I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I will be on a very long flight, but do not stress. Don't fret, people. There's going to be content for you guys uh, for the next two weeks while I'm away, and some of it coming from Sydney, Australia itself. I'll be filming over there, making sure that we keep up to date with all the stories and that you guys don't miss anything from our perspective guys thank you so much for spending this time with me today and i will see you tomorrow bye i guess <laughs>